Next on BYU Sports Nation, college football insider Phil Steele rejoins the show. Which September game he says BYU will be favored in, if any? What's the most winnable BYU game in September? Why Spencer and I say it's not Boise State. Plus, BYU track at the NCAA Championships and baseball coach Mike Littlewood living large after his All-American signee picks BYU over the draft. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're live. BYU Sports Nation and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Wednesday, June 10th. Wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with shot clock operator in training, Jerem Jordan. Listen, this is a big deal now that uh, the shot clock is at 30. I need to know what I'm doing. Also, I, I realized today that I grew my mustache out because Phil Steele would join the program at some point. That guy's got a nice mustache. So I thought, two mustache guys need to hang out. <laughs> we'll ask, and with Michael Sarah at some point. We'll ask Phil Steele how he feels about your mustache. We will tweet him a picture and ask him to rate it. Is that okay if I'm we do that? I'm afraid of this. Is that okay if we do that? I want Phil Steele's mustache power rankings <laughs> in college football. That's what I want. What is happening, or this isn't a mustache, but a beard rather, with Matthew Dellavedova and the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers? This is, it's hard for me to watch because I want to have WCC pride, but I just can't. His not su- even a little bit? His success hurts because Jimmer has not had that success. Why does it have to be about Jimmer, though? Why can't it just be about the Australian kid from St. Mary's? I, just, I, I don't know. It's just ha- I watch and I go, oh, good for him. No, actually, wait. He's doing work, obviously. 20 points last night, helping the Cavs. Do- no, how is LeBron James, how are they winning these games? Defensively, they've been fantastic. Defense does win championships. you got to have some offense sells tickets and puts you in a position to win the game. Matthew Dellavedova scored 20 points last night. 20 in game three of the NBA Finals. Kawhi Leonard does it for the Spurs. Matthew, it, it's part of that. It's, it's like, come on, these guys that beat BYU in critical situations, having su- success at the next level where BYU is struggling to have success, come on. I, it's comedic relief for me because it is 100% <laughs> improbable that a guy that looks like Matthew Dellavedova is becoming one of the heroes of the NBA Finals. And just an, an undrafted free agent, <laughs> let, alone, a- let alone nationality, race, haircut, like whatever. I get a kick out of it. Honestly, it it's kind of humorous to me that he is Cleveland's guy. Like they're chanting Delhi, Delhi. They Dally. should be chanting for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, and all of a sudden it's Matthew Dellavedova. Good for okay, him. I ne- say next year if Kevin Pangos goes into the league and he's a stud, I'm gonna cry because it's just too much. The Kevin BYU Pangos beaters excelling at the next level. Come on, Kevin Pangos ain't no mouthpiece. He's not Matthew Dellavedova. Conversation Alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSNN. Be a part of BYU Sports Nation. Members, welcome. Here are your BYUSN headlines. Track Nationals begin today in Eugene, Oregon. The BYU men and women's teams repping in Tracktown, USA. Good luck to the nine men, one relay team, and three women wearing the blue and white. Day three of the Major League Baseball draft is underway. Started three minutes ago. We'll keep an eye on that. Four different Cougars. Uh, with a pretty legitimate shot to have their name selected today. Mike Littlewood will join us in 10 minutes to discuss. And if someone is drafted, we will let you know the second we know it. 
BYU men's soccer, guess what? They tied again. This time against Las Vegas last night, 2-2. Two two, the fourth consecutive draw for the Cougars. They host Albuquerque later this week, and so the guarantee. Ethan Meyer, the captain, guaranteed the, a win. The guarantee did not pay off. It, it was another draw. If they can get one Thursday, that's pretty good, though. Four points at home because Albuquerque, I believe, is the Their first div- place. division I'll leader. I'll give them a pass yeah. if they get a draw and a win. Yeah. It's not what he said, but it's close. <laughs> and former BYU basketball player Frank Bartley transferring to Louisiana Lafayette. The Ranging Cajun. Best of luck to Frank. He's moving closer to home. He's and from I, Louisiana. Yeah. So that would be great. His family and friends can... See him play. Good luck to Frank. Hey, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. See you in September. Hit it. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 87 days. A little syncopation never hurt anybody. BYU football is 87 days away from opening up the most daunting September schedule in almost 25 years. Hey, maybe ever. At Nebraska, facing a team that hasn't lost the home opener in 30 years. Home to Boise State, projected top 20 team with 19 returning starters. At UCLA, the Bruins' top 10 talent. Okay, they also return 19 returning starters. Game number four at Michigan in the big house against the Fighting Harbaugh's in his efforts to bring the Wolverines back to prominence. Khakis. This is an unbelievable September schedule that has been well documented on this show. I, I, is there a single BYU fan that's like, we play who in September? That'd be hilarious. I would love to see it right now. <laughs> what? Wait, what did you are say? You serious? The BYU team previews are being released on the daily by a smorgasbord of preseason college football magazines to quite frankly make your three-year piles at the dentist office look very modest. I own all of them. Do you really? I'm uh, all in. I, we ordered Phil Steele's. Who we're going to talk to coming up today. Fantastic. Get there. Oh, my goodness. There's literally four pieces of confetti that just dropped from the ceiling. This, it's that a w- sign. That we shot into the heavens. <laughs> it's a sign. On August 29th? Yes. Of 2014? I'm dead serious. <laughs> How long has that been? And it just fell. It's a sign that this show will be elite. Wow. Sanctioned Feel steel from the on the show, as Jerem mentioned. Now, the consensus of these projections, Jerem... Is there is no consensus. Some have the Cougars one and three. Others say there's a legit shot. They go zero oh and four. Others say three and one isn't a far stretch in September. No one's saying four and oh. <laughs> no. One, no one's saying. Notice how I didn't say four and zero. Oh. <laughs> We're taking it to the next level, however, on BYU Sports Nation with today's Twitter question: What is the most winnable game on BYU September schedule? We lead it off with this at Ocho Zacco, going out on a limb. UCLA. Wow. Eight clap for that. They escaped a few games last year, and now they lost their quarterback. Plus, we're in their head. Hashtag 49 to nothing. 49 or 59 to nothing? 59 to nothing. I can't read in, the, in American. It's been seven years since BYU won that game 59 to nothing. And guess now, what? Rick Neuheisel's not the coach anymore, folks. What? Now it's that, Jim Mora. That's way out on a limb because UCLA is, is the best team in September. Right, as of now. Well, I mean, maybe that's it, why it, he qualified it. Yeah, 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 you're, yeah. you're way out there alone, brother. That's, what, that's way <laughs> out there. That would be quite the win because it's th- that could be a top 10 team when BYU plays. Okay, well. Top 15, top 20 for you, sure. You and I agree that's the most difficult game, in our opinion, mm-hmm. on the September schedule for BYU football. So in your mind, what's the most winnable game? To me, it's Michigan. My first inclination was, well, Boise State, it's at home. BYU had success. 
you know, t- in 2013 at home, 37-21. I think Michigan, here's why. A five-win team, that's the weakest team on BYU's September schedule. According to last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we have to, what's the greatest predictor of the future? The present. Yes. Utah did it. Won by 16 last year. There's a brand new head coach. They graduated the quarterback, Devin Gardner. They had three draft picks, including Devin Funches. They had a DN, Frank Clark, and the linebacker, Ryan Jake, go into the draft. What's BYU's weakness, by the way, on this team? Probably the secondary, right? Most question marks. 110th in passing, 112th in offense last year. Hmm. Granted, Michigan is going to bring in Iowa's quarterback, a grad transfer, uh, Rudock. Michigan's strength, however is BYU strength, so that will be an interesting uh, matchup. 24th in points defensively, 7th in yards. They were really good. 24 of the final 29 from, from the two deep, the final two deep, return, including this dude that they think is going to be a stud, Jabril Peppers. So I th- it's a tough game for sure in the big house. But with all, those, all things considered, I think that Taysom Hill and the offense can hang with the Michigan defense, and I think Michigan's offense will not be very good and that BYU's defense... Could, could do enough to put BYU in position to win that game. Did you coordinate your outfit with your pick today? Absolutely. Although this is, this is not... It's uh, not maize? Maize. It's not maize this yellow? It's not maize. Okay. So you go with Michigan. Mm-hmm. I Michigan. like your pick. That is a sound pick. And for me, that is... It was well cogitated, I, I Number like. two. Here's the only reason I didn't pick Michigan. Because it's the fourth game into the season, and I feel like Harbaugh will have figured out some things by game number four. That's what makes me worried about and that so game. And so will BYU's defense, hopefully, a little more. We hope, right? And it's, but it's at the big house. Now, Utah did it. Why can't BYU? They can. That's, that gives they me can. confidence. They can. I and just, Utah was a top 25 team last year, granted. Jim Harbaugh but just— so was BYU until Taysom Quite frankly, that, that dude is a really good football coach. He's a guy that went to Stanford and took a terrible program— into USC and beat the number one team Trojans in the country in in their house. He made Stanford good at football. Yes. Game. So I, but it's going to take some time. Who knows by game four what he can do with that team? So, okay. Yeah. So Michi- that, Michigan, baby. That's why that's I didn't go with Michigan. Now, and I was with you. Like the easy pick, I feel, is Boise State. That's a home game. Lavelle Stadium's going to be rocking. But Boise State's really good. They lost their running back Jay Ajayi to the NFL draft. They're have, they have a new quarterback. Grant Hedrick got cut from the BC Lions, by the way. So John Beck in the clear as the backup. <laughs> <laughs> got that one out of the way. Yes. The Broncos returned 19 starters from last year's team. We just mentioned it. Okay, a team that won a New Year's Six game that beat BYU by 25. This team, and people say, well, what about 2013? BYU dismantled him in. Th- Way better team this year coming into Provo than the 2013 it was squad. An eight win Boise State team. It was a sophomore Grant Hedrick as a new quarterback, okay, or junior quarterback. Regardless, this is going to be a better team. So I say the most winnable game for BYU, not Boise State, not Michigan, it's Nebraska. Yes, I know it's been 30 years, three decades since the Cornhuskers lost a home opener. But this is BYU. Jeremy, listen to the powerhouses that Nebraska has recently scheduled for home openers. Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, Tennessee at Chattanooga. Woo! Lining them up. How about Western Kentucky? Western Kentucky beat Marshall in like triple overtime last year. That this was an awesome game. This is BYU. I guarantee you the majority of Nebraska fans, if they have any grasp on college football, are legitimately very much concerned about Taysom Hill and BYU coming in for the season opener. You should be. Because you have a brand new coach as well. I like Mike Riley. I think he did an amazing job at Oregon State. Good dude. But he's got a new scheme. 
BYU played a major program with a brand new, really good coach last year, too. Charlie Strong at Texas. Remember what happened? I do! 41 to 7. First year head coaches face an uphill battle. I don't care who you are. The opener, the opening game of a first year head coach, any anything goes. And and the thing that we know the most out of that game on both sides of the ball is that BYU's offense, uh, we think, that BYU's offense is really good. It's senior laden, it's experienced. We we think we know what we're going to get from BYU's offense. Granted, you have Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams coming off injury. We assume that they're going to be awesome and amazing and back to health and who knows, yeah. too. Nebraska lost its three best players like Michigan did. Amir Abdullah went in the second round, running back to the Lions. Kenny Bell, receiver, receiver. Randy Gregory. Yeah, Randy Gregory, another second-round pick. Hey, there are 13 returning starters. That's not exactly something to brag about, especially when you lose the majority of your offense in Abdullah and Kenny Bell. And then Tommy Armstrong, their quarterback, 53% completion percentage, 22 touchdowns, 12 picks. Major concerns about whether or not he can be consistent enough. They're not a passing team. They're a running team this year. And BYU's weakness last year, pass defense. So if Nebraska can't throw the ball, this, this is, in my opinion, a very winnable game for BYU in September. Funny thing is, Jeremy, you and I both picked Big Ten teams. And BYU, but there are 12 teams there. BYU doesn't play 14. 14 teams. That makes less sense than what I originally proposed. BYU doesn't play the Big Ten very often. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. One. You always played one game against a Big Ten conference school since 93. That was 2013 at Wisconsin. BYU lost 27-17. Also, BYU played one game ever against the Big Ten in September. That was Jim McMahon in 80. 80 80? 80 80? I think 80. They won that game, right? 28-3 at Wisconsin. Five of the eight games, by the way, with the Big Ten, decided by a touchdown or less. Okay. BYU on the on the wrong end of that two five and one the la- the last time before twenty thirteen BYU played a Big Ten team Ty Detmer's last game against uh, as a Cougar thirteen thirteen against Iowa <laughs> boring Jerem says Michigan I say Nebraska what is the most winnable September game send in your tweets at Big Blue he says Boise State in LES with their running back leading for the NFL I like our chances it will be packed and loud and great energy is it the most winnable though a good team coming back. Up next, Mike Littlewood joins us. BYU in the Major League Baseball Draft. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up in two weeks from today, as Neil Armstrong once said. Neil Armstrong? Uh, Neil Diamond once said. <laughs> I think I said Neil Armstrong. That's one small step for today. For today. <laughs> we watched the Martian trailer yesterday. Yeah, we did. And he mentions Neil Armstrong. Uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, anyway. I just blew it, okay? <laughs> it was funny. I'm Fernando Rodney of the Mariners. I blew it again. <laughs> Same situation. Media Day is two weeks from today. That took 30 seconds to spin out. 11 a.m. Eastern time. The live programming on BYU TV, BYU Radio begins with the state of the program. 12 to 2 Eastern, BYU Sports Nation. Then at 4 Eastern, 4 Decades of Dominance, fantastic guest, guest list. Check it out in two weeks from today, as Neil Diamond, Diamond not Armstrong, once said. Yes. Sweet Caroline. What is the most winnable I game? I Fenway last week, dude. It was so it's, fun. It's amazing, it's isn't great. it? It's great. What's the most winnable game on BYU football's September schedule? Jerem says Michigan. 
I say Nebraska. If you want our reasons and you think we're crazy, go back and listen to the first segment. Download the podcast. Tell us why. At Together We Reach, says Nebraska. New coach, running a new system, and Bronco has Mike Riley's number, well, most of the time. Plus, we need to beat anyone wearing red. True. That's the that's a True. bonus right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but I really think there's a lot that goes into a first year head coach at a major program like that when you have the departure of some significant players. They are prime for the picking to end that thirty home game win streak season opening. That's all nice, but it's Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, let's ask the question to a man who knows a lot of stuff about all sports, not just baseball. He is the baseball coach at BYU, Mike Littlewood. But you're in on college basketball. You're in on college athletics, college football. What's the most winnable September game for BYU football next year? It's Nebraska, Boise State at home, UCLA, Michigan. i got to say Boise State at home. Uh, just for me, not, not knowing really anything about BYU football insider, uh, I would just say the first game at home is going to be – it's tough to win on the road. It really is tough to win on the road in college athletics. Um, We've talked about this a little bit before. When you get young kids, 18 to 22, and BYU 24, 26, whatever, (laughs) uh, it's just a new experience for them. You get into pro ball, whatever it is, baseball, basketball, football, whatever it is, I I don't think the road means as much. The guys are more mature. They used to just go out and play them. But when you get a college student and you take them on the road in that environment, especially baseball, maybe not as big a deal. It's still a big deal, but there's only a lot of times 500 people in the stands. But when there's – What's there going to be the first game? 80, 100,000 fans in the, in the stands? 80, I think there are 80. I think Nebraska Stadium holds like 88,000. That's a little and it different. it will be sold out. Yeah, and so it takes a little bit, for, especially for freshmen and sophomore, to get over that kind of thing. And, and uh, But, hey, I'll be pulling for them all the way. We had Kyle Dean on the show yesterday. Uh, he made news this week when he said, hey, I'm, I, you know, my advisor has talked to Major League Baseball teams, and I'm going to go to BYU. When did he tell you, and what was your reaction? Well, I was uh, – it was – the Sunday after we played Loyola Marymount, uh, and on the Monday we were going to play, we played Cal State Northridge. And on that Sunday, I drove up with Danny, my wife, to um, go up and see Marcus play in Bakersfield. And on the way there is when he called me, and I just uh, plugged in the earpiece. And I'm like, I hope this is <laughs> the call that we're hope you know that we we expect. And that's when he uh, that's when he did. And he said, I'll come as long as I have number seven. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going in my mind. Parker's number seven. He's a senior. And I'm like, oh yeah, you can have any number you want. <laughs> just knowing that seven was his number, and <laughs> knowing Parker was gonna was gonna leave. Seven was open. I'm like, yeah, that's good. It might be too small for you, but yeah, we can we can put seven <laughs> on on an XL. We're good we're good to do that. Bushman will make it happen. Yeah, Steve can make it happen. We like the number seven. And speaking of young guys and hoping to, you know, have him make an impact on your program, whether at home or on the road, what kind of an impact do you expect from Kyle Dean and his freshman campaign? Well, we, we expect him to have an immediate impact, no doubt about it. Uh, I don't know if he's going to hit three for us or, or four or six or seven. We don't really know that yet. We know his potential where he, where he can. I mean, he's a, he's a potential three hitter for us. The thing we need to be careful of with him is not to put too much pressure and think that he's going to be the saving grace of our our program and take us to the next level. He'll help us do that, but he's going to be surrounded by a lot of good good players. Tanner Chauncey and and Hayden Nielsen and Brennan Lund and Eric Urie and um, Bronson Larson. You go on and on and on. Bring back a core. Yeah, there's a core. So he's not going to – hopefully he doesn't feel the pressure like, I have to do this. Plus a lot of of great kids coming in. Danny Jelich, who's a brother of uh, – Pepperdine center fielder and his his oldest brother was first round draft pick and in pro ball right now good bloodlines right there uh Keaton Kringle I mean we just have a number of we have 12 new guys coming in 
uh, three or four in the outfield. So Kyle's, Kyle knows he's going to have to come in and earn a spot, just like everybody else is. But, you know, his, we think he's got great potential, and we just need to be careful, like, not put all the pressure on Kyle Dean. You have to do this all for us because our returners are going to be great to help him out and uh, just help him understand. Just just go have good at-bats, do what you're going to do, go play and settle in and, and help us that way. Major League Baseball draft, day three, final day underway, rounds 11 through 40. In the middle of round 12 right now, I've got it pulled up. Uh, whose name do you expect to possibly call be called today from BYU? Well, Colton, Colton will be drafted today, uh, Mahoney. And uh, in my mind uh, – I was thinking probably rounds 12 to 15 for him. That's maybe 10. And I was hoping somebody might, because it only takes one team out of 30 to pull the trigger early and uh, take him in the fifth or sixth round. I was hoping that would happen. Um, But we didn't see a whole lot of cross-checkers or scouting directors come in late, and that's when you know that he's going to be a top-five-round guy. Uh, There there was a lot of buzz around, like, Jacob Hanneman when he was a third-round pick. And and, um, so – you know, he'll get drafted today, and I, I think he'll probably take the offer and, and get out and go. But uh, uh, we're, we're pulling for him. I know I've, got a, I've had a couple calls about Dylan Robinson. Um, he wants to go play, which kind of changed a little bit. Uh, he's got great job offers. He's a smart kid. But I think he wants to still play. And if a team the, – the four or five teams that I've talked to about Dylan said if they have a roster spot they need to fill in rookie ball or, or low A maybe, that they'll take Dylan and give him a shot. So I'm hoping he gets a shot as well. Is there any chance that, let's say, Colton, you know, and we don't, we certainly don't hope this happens, but if he drops down to where he was drafted last year, you know, early 20s, late teens, is there any shot that he would come back for one more year at BYU? You know, I think it's slim. Uh, it depends on, so anything past the 10th round, and this is a generalization because they can, they can change some things a little bit and, and uh, the team, major league teams can, but the 11th round on, you're really not going to get offered more than $100,000. If they do, they get taxed really heavily on that, and it comes out of their bonus next year. There's a lot of different things that happen there. Um, so I think if he gets that, he'll probably sign. But if somebody tries to cut that in half, he's probably going to think about it just a little bit. Um, it, it, I would expect him to sign. I think there's a, a 5% chance that he comes back to BYU. He's ready. He's a little bit older. He's, he's a mature kid. The one thing he needs to do, and he, he knows this, he's got to command his pitches. And I think that's what guys are scared of. They love his makeup. They love his body. They love his, his uh, upside. But uh, the ability to command his pitches week to week, which is so, so important in, in pro ball, you have to throw the ball where you want to throw it. That's probably the biggest concern right now, why, why guys are, are probably holding off just a little bit. Let's talk hoops for a minute. As, as a former official, there were some major rule changes that uh, were approved uh, two days ago. 30-second shot clock, restricted area increase, media timeouts change. How, how much as a ref uh, do these kind of rule changes affect you in, in the offseason, your preparation going into a season for these officials? I mean, they hit it hard. when The new rules, they hit hard all, all through the summer. And there's a lot of training that goes into – I mean, most, most referees now are either going to camps in the summer or uh, they're counselors in a camp. So I would go three or four weeks out of the summer and teach in camps, whether it's a pack or the Big 12 or whatever it was. And if you're trying to get into it or you're just new into college basketball as a referee, you have to attend those camps. And so there's a lot going on. The biggest change here is the restricted area. We always talked about let's make it uniform between the NBA and, and, uh, and college basketball with that restricted area because we felt as referees that that restricted area was, was right under the basket. And it just didn't – I mean, it, it went out just a little bit, but it didn't really have a big impact. And it was a really hard call to make. If you put it out where the NBA is, it's just a little bit more extended. 
uh, it's more of a defined line when a guy's going to step in there or, or not. Uh, and it's just a much easier call. That was a big transition for college referees because the, the center official or the guy who's on the side that's free throw line extended, he's the guy that kind of had to help the lead official who was underneath because your eyes as a lead official tend to, to be waist high and up. And so to see that, to see if his feet are in the restricted area is a really, really tough call hmm. for a baseline referee. or they're, It's called a lead referee. Former NCAA basketball official, did a couple of Sweet 16s, Mike Littlewood, and now current BYU baseball coach with us in Studio B. Let's end with this. Can you watch a basketball game and not be an armchair ref? No. <laughs> it's funny. I'll be, I'll be watching it, whether Danny's with me or whoever's with me. I'll go. I'll, I'll just like say something like I'm talking to somebody and, and they're listening. I'll say uh, something like, oh, I'll always say that's a horrible call or whatever. But my biggest thing is he's not even in position to see that play. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing <laughs> because that's all we talked about as a referee. You've got to be in position. If you're in position and, and you have even a, a little bit of a clue on what a play is, you're going to get the call right most of the time. But you'll see a lot of referees guess, and that's my biggest thing. He's not even in position. And nobody's <laughs> listening. I look around, nobody's listening to me anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I do the same thing with – producing i'm like put the graphic and take <laughs> yeah. it out replay well why you you're not that even angle? in position to use <laughs> that graphic come on <laughs> mike great to have you in studio thanks B guys again. yeah miss you guys yeah looking took, took a week off thanks hey, we're miss- looking forward to what what's approaching the next baseball season can't wait absolutely thanks miss, miss you too <laughs> up next on byu sports nation back to football with college football expert and insider phil Steele. His magazine about to hit our desks, and we can't wait. We want to know what he thinks about BYU and how they'll fare in September specifically, plus a bunch of other stuff. You've worked hard on that name, Phil Steele. I say it, elite, right? Good job, man. (laughs) Elite (laughs) lead. Welcome back to Studio B, sports friends. BYUSN continues. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. You can download the show podcast on iTunes and stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. We've mentioned this uh, earlier this week, but we have a BYU Sports Nation Twitter contest going right now. You can get the latest BYU Sports Nation swag, including a new exclusive T-shirt with hashtag Elite on the back, as well as a football, blue goggles, etc. Two rules in this. One, you have to follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. And two, use the hashtag BYUSN and tweet showing us how you are an elite BYU Sports Nation member. You know what? Go and pick, like, major landmarks wherever you are. This if is you, an idea. If you, like, take BYU flags or shirts or gear up to the Space Needle or, or you can Photoshop Mount it really Rushmore. Well. <laughs> you know, we, we like stuff like that. It's just an idea. So show us. This contest is running for about two weeks or so. So uh, keep it going. Hashtag BYUSN. Hashtag Elite. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Track Nationals begin today in Eugene, Oregon. The BYU men and women's teams repping in the Northwest. Good luck to the nine men, one relay team, and three women competing wearing the blue and white. Major League Baseball draft day three continues. We're in the 13th round now. No uh, Cougars taken so far. But as Mike Littlewood told us, he thinks Colton Mahoney will be drafted today. Possibly Dylan Robinson. He thinks that Colton's going to go. He said 5% chance he comes back no matter where he's drafted. Hmm. So I think that's interesting. There are 40 rounds. We're in round 13 right now. <laughs> it is forever long. BYU men's soccer tied Las Vegas last night 2-2, two to two, the fourth consecutive draw for the Cougars. They host Albuquerque, the first-place team, later this week. And BYU basketball, former BYU basketball player Frank Bartley, transfers to Louisiana Lafayette. Good luck to Frank. 
What is the most winnable game on BYU football's September schedule and why? At Ryan Osman says, I love all this talk about how winnable the September games are. I'm starting to believe 4-0 and in September is possible. Yeah, 4-0 would be unbelievable. Oh, 4-0. Put on the blue goggles for that for sure. I'll take two wins, man. Hey, let's find out what college football insider and expert Phil Steele thinks about BYU's September slate. What is a success, Phil, for BYU in September, given that they are looking at four big-time games? You know, I think, uh, as you mentioned, winning two of them would be, to me, a successful month. And really, when I studied all the schedules from all the teams in the country, the toughest September schedule out there is BYU. Three road games against Power 5 teams in Nebraska, UCLA, and Michigan. Tell you a little bit about Nebraska. They're a team that... Uh, I've got projected to contend for the Big Ten West title. Them and uh, Wisconsin are going to battle it out. And it's also a dangerous place to play Nebraska. In fact, it's the first game of Mike Riley's era. So uh, Broncos got no information really as to what type of offense you're going to see Nebraska. Will they be still more of the option what they ran last year? Will they be more pass? That's tough for a defense coordinator to prepare for. UCLA, I think, is a legitimate top ten team uh, for the upcoming year, a potential top ten team. And then Michigan, they they are good, all excited. I think you're going to see a much improved Michigan team, one that uh, with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. So those three road games are brutal, and I'm not even discounting Boise State. That's a team that uh, I think is a top non-Power 5 team out there. They're Fiesta Bowl champs from last year, and I think this year's squad may be even better. That's just a brutal slate. Phil, our Twitter question today is, what's the most winnable game for BYU in September? We each had an opinion. Spencer said Nebraska. I said Michigan. What do you think? I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to go with the home game against Boise State. You know, you got a uh, it's a it's a good Boise State team, but it is uh, in Provo. And uh, the good news here is Boise State's going to be breaking in a new quarterback. And when you look at new quarterbacks, generally the roughest game of their entire career is that first road start. So this is a first road start for a young quarterback at BYU. I think that that's the most winnable game of the three. I don't think any of the four games are unwinnable. The one I would put the least chance of winning. The though, is at UCLA. That team is loaded this year. Phil Steele with us on BYU Sports Nation, college football expert and insider. He just picked Boise State as BYU's most winnable game in September, and with good reason at that, a starting quarterback, a new one, making his first road start. Which September games will BYU be favored in, if any? Uh, the one they would be favored in possibly is Boise State. And, uh, you know, some depends on how BYU looks against Nebraska. If BYU goes into Nebraska and loses by three touchdowns and Boise blows out their opening opponent, they probably won't be favored. Right now the power ratings are coming pretty close to even on that. I think a good effort against Nebraska and BYU would be favored in that. But I think they'll clearly be an underdog in the other three. And, you know, once again, when you look at Michigan, don't think 5-7, and seven, which was their record last year. It's an entirely different different team, an entirely different attitude this year, and there's going to be a lot of momentum on Michigan's side heading into that one. Phil, a lot of our discussion around BYU's 2015 uh, se- season revolves around what win total would be good. What's the, what's the minimum benchmark for a good season? I have said around eight or nine, maybe eight and a half. What do you think about that for BYU's 2015 schedule? 
I like eight. Eight, I think, if Bronco can guide eight wins out of here, I'm thinking good. I'm not thinking great. You know, I'm not saying this one of BYU's better seasons of all time, but I think eight wins out of this schedule. I mean, clearly playing a team like Missouri, which is one of the favorites in the SEC, East on the road, uh, Michigan, UCLA, and Nebraska all on the road. And then I'm not even – you look at a couple of these other games. They're quiet and under the radar. BYU fans may not be looking at them that close. The American Conference has Eastern Carolina and Cincinnati. I rate both those teams right at the top of that conference. And when you look at those two teams, a lot of folks will say, well, you know, Eastern Carolina, they're losing their quarterback. They're not going to be that good this year. That's a system type of uh, offense. And Kirk or Kurt Benkert, who's their quarterback, he's a big kid. He's 6'3", 220. He's mobile. He can make all the throws. He's been in the system for three years. It wouldn't surprise me if he comes in and duplicates Shane Carden's stats from last year. So that's a dangerous East Carolina team. Cincinnati's pretty much a favorite to win that division. And I'm not even discounting the road trip to Utah State with, uh, you know, they've got their quarterback back and Chucky Keaton. That's going to be a dangerous game. So I think coming out of this schedule with eight wins, I would count it as a good season. We like star power, and BYU most certainly will face some stars with this schedule lined up in 2015. Who are some of the star players that BYU will compete against that fans should know about? Well, one under-the-radar one, which I just threw out at you, Kurt Benkert of uh, East Carolina. By the time that game rolls around October the 10th, he's going to be among the nation's passing leaders. So that's going to be a a very interesting one. With UCLA, you know, they returned the uh, Pac-12's leading rusher from last year, and Paul Perkins. He's not a household name, though. In fact, I don't even think he made the first two teams of the all-conference team last year. But he'll be much more known this season. Defensively, they've got names you know. Kenny Clark, Eddie Vanderdose up front, Miles Jack. Everybody knows him. He's a linebacker that also plays running back. So they've got quite a few stars uh, to look at in their team. Cincinnati has Gunnar Keel at the quarterback spot. Gunnar Keel could be one of the uh, upper picks for the draft coming up if he has a big season. Last year he got injured early on uh, and played better. And then, of course, Chucky Keaton. When I talked to Coach Wells this spring, I said, well, how's Chucky going to do this year? And he seems to feel he's going to be close to 100%. If he can stay healthy all year, he may be putting up some big-time stats for Utah State. Bill, it's hard to gauge national relevance, uh, but can BYU be nationally relevant if they do win, say, eight games against this schedule and future schedules that look to be maybe even tougher? Uh, I think they would gain national relevance if they got into maybe the 10-win mode, which, once again, it's feasible. I, you know, you can always paint that perfect case scenario. And last year, for example, BYU jumped out of the gate, beating four teams, including a couple of Power 5 teams and a pretty good Houston team as well. And all of a sudden, BYU was on everybody's tongue. They started looking at them. So I think if BYU was to pull a couple of upsets, let's say come out of September 2-2, two and 3-1, two, and one, then they'll be much more in the national scheme of things. The thing that hurts them is they're already locked into a bowl game, you know, so there won't be that opportunity to go to a better one unless, of course, they're the top non-Power 5 team. But uh, I think folks around the country do follow BYU football. Follow them at FeelSteel42 on the Twitter machine. 042. 042. Sorry, excuse me. Got to get, get the zero in there. Now, we uh, tweeted something out at the beginning of the show that has nothing to do with football, but rather Jerem's mustache game. And uh, I want you to rate, from the picture that you saw, you responded to it, how would you rate Jerem's mustache right now, Phil? 
Well, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. I'm, a, I'm one of those uh, tunnel vision guys that doesn't notice a lot of things, okay? <laughs> so uh, here's, the, here's what I'm going to say here. I can walk into a room. i would give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Walked in the kitchen one time. I asked, told my wife, I said, hey, that's a, an interesting plant you have there on the table. That's, uh, that's pretty neat. Where'd you get that? She goes, it's been there for nine months. I said, oh, <laughs> all right. So me looking at guys' mustaches, uh, that would probably be the first guy's mustache I've looked at. And so I have to put it in my top ten. So wow. I, I, I'll give him that. But I have to also preface it with that other details there. Well, you rate it higher than I do. And I'm, I'm, the, uh, I, I, I'm the grambling of uh, mustaches, I think. <laughs> Uh, you, you've worked a long time on your magazine. We're very excited. I know it shipped out uh, Monday for those who pre-ordered it. But what what can people expect in your magazine this year? Well, the great news is it's 352 pages once again. If you can't wait to get your hands on it, you can actually get it right now on iTunes and Google Play and download it. And the beautiful thing about that is if you get it on iTunes and or Google Play, then you have it on your device, and you can carry it around with you. Whereas if you buy the magazine, how many times have you bought the magazine, and by September this thing is all dog-eared, <laughs> torn pages. It's all beat up because you're carrying it with you everywhere you go. Well, this way it sits on your desk, and it stays fresher longer. So I, I would recommend ordering both versions. And if you get the iPad or Google Play one right now, you could actually be reading the magazine. But it's, it's really, as usual, like getting 128 different media guides rolled into one. Any fact you want to know about the team, last five years scores, last year's game-by-game results, individual stats, last 10 years records, last seven, it's all in there. Most in-depth write-ups on each position out there. Projected starting lineups, just not a player's name and his height and weight. We give you a little bio on each player, and we usually go three, four deep. So really, it is like getting 128 different media guides rolled into one. Different ways to get it, but as mentioned, uh, until July 1st when it hits the newsstands, or if you order through our offices on philsteel.com, the best way to get it right now is on iTunes or Google Play. Okay, Phil, we want to uh, get in one more question before you go. I know you told us about uh, a lot of the stars that BYU will face. We're, we're all about projecting and making lists. We know Taysom Hill is a world beater for BYU, and everybody's pointing at him as BYU's best player. What is the number one best player BYU will face on any team? Out of all the guys you just gave us, who is the star? Uh, let's see. You know, that's... It's tough to say. I think in the long run, let me go in the long run. And okay. it's, uh, once again, I like to go out of the box. You guys know that. I don't always <laughs> go with the, the proven record. But I think in the long run, it's going to be Josh Rosen of UCLA. He's a freshman quarterback. He's just coming in. But I think when he comes out of college, BYU fans are going to say, hey, we played him you know, back in 2015. So I think as far as uh, total potential to be the big-time star and get into the NFL, things like that, I would go with Josh Rosen at UCLA. Phil, we wish you congratulations on all of your success in putting together another amazing college football preview. We look forward to reading the 352 pages of awesomeness. Thank you for ranking Jerem's mustache and for taking <laughs> some time with us today. Hey, it was a lot of fun talking football with you guys. We should do this more often. Absolutely. Definitely a lot of fun. All right, have a good one, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Phil. Follow him on the Twitter machine at PhilSteel042, a member of the College Football Writers Association of America, and the dude knows his stuff. I'm telling you, I'm on the preseason college football magazine all first team reader. He's number list. one. He's number one. It's hands down the best. <laughs> and I'm not being paid to say that or anything. It's no, just, it's, it's just how I feel. It's, it's what it is. Like, it's, and, <sighs> and it's awesome, and it's going to come this week, and I'm going to devour it. It's going to be great. So he had some really interesting things to say. 
Eight wins would be good. Ten would be nationally relevant. Okay. What's the most winnable game on BYU football September schedule? Phil Steele says Boise State because they'll have a new quarterback making his first road start. Tell us what you think using the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, more or less. BYU will win more or less than two games in September. That's just one of the things we tackle. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the studio Bizzle. We just talked to Phil Steele, Everyone. college football insider and expert. Yeah, he's great. It was fantastic. He said my he said my mustache is top ten or something. <laughs> that is, he's really nice to say that because that is well. Not he qualified true. it with I walked into yeah, our yeah, kitchen yeah. and said to my wife, "Hey, that's a nice plant." And she's like, "It's been there for nine months." At McMinn Five Translation, Jerem Jordan, how's my mustache, Phil Steele? Oh, are you growing one? <laughs> that's yeah. Well played, Wait, McMinn what? Five. Whoa. Uh, In two weeks, BYU Football Media Day is here. Here, literally in this building. Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. It's going to be awesome. 11 a.m. Eastern Time, State of the Program is on live. 12 to 2, BYU Sports Nation. Four Eastern, four decades of dominance. That's going to be a fun show. A lot of prep going into that I'm hearing that Glenn Kozlowski, among other legends, will be in the building. Nice. Omar Morgan. How about Omar Morgan in the house? The electric blanket, bro. 1997, January 1st. Need we remind you, the interception to seal the Cotton Bowl went over Kansas State. Do you know the story behind that play? Number one must feel like number one right now. I think that was the call. Uh, have you heard the story behind that play? So I have, but Ed, remind everybody so else. Ed Keel, Brian Keel's older brother, was an end, and he knew the play. He recognized the play, that a slant was going to happen. Omar Morgan, here's, here's, he reaches back to him and says, hey, slant, slant, slant. So Omar Morgan, like the play that happened in the Super Bowl, jumps the route and intercepts the ball, and BYU wins that game and finishes 14-1. and And until last year, that was the most wins in a single season in college football history. Eat your heart out, Manhattan, Kansas. Stories like that and more told by those people coming up in four decades of dominance, four Eastern in two weeks. What is the most winnable game on BYU football's September schedule at Y for Life? Tweeting in and saying this, Boise State. Because player personnel of both teams, it's at home, and Bronco loves his one and two starts. <laughs> you had to go oh, there. That was, you had to go there. Come on, man. Wow. Loves his one and two starts. What if BYU no. starts two and one? Would that be the best thing ever? No, three and oh would be. <laughs> it would be pretty good, though. Two and one, uh, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry to shut you down, Captain Superlative. No. Yes. It would be. Uh, listen, I'll take two and two in September, man. Two wins out of those four. Two wins would be really good. Really, Captain Superlative. Really, you're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay, fine, Prince Superlative. Oh, what thank a, you so much. Better. <laughs> whatever you want. Let's play more or less, you jerk. <laughs> more or less. On BYU Sports Nation. The passive uh, aggression level is really <laughs> high right now. <laughs> I've taken my shots at you, whatever. It's no. all part of the it's all part of the game, Not man. Really. All part of the game. Here's how more or less works. We throw out a situation generally involving BYU or sports from a national standpoint, and Jeremy and I decide if there will be more or less of the given number and subject. Number one. 
BYU football will win more or less than two games in September. You want to take this one first, Jeremy? This is tough because we've we set the line at two. So you basically have to say one or you three can, or you four. You can't pick two. So I'm going less because I think two would be good. Therefore, more or less, I have to go less on two. One, okay. One or two. Okay. You know what? I want three or four. Whoa, Blue got – whoa, whoa. Because you're forcing me to pick one or three – or four. I'm not projecting that BYU is going to go one and three in September. I can't do that. I'm captain superlative, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say more. Why not? Why not? Is BYU going to be competitive in every single one of these September games? I think they'll be competitive in every Taysom game. Taysom Hill gives you a chance to win any and every game on the schedule. If he stays healthy, why not three yeah. games? Number two. You will watch more or less than 20.5 college football bowl games this season. <laughs> now, why does that one have a half? Okay. There are 41 college football games. That's exactly uh, bowl half. Bowl games. Sorry. Okay. Because it's exactly half. That makes sense. Um, I'll go more if, if watched is turn on at any point and watch a play. Okay. Okay. So you're going to watch at like least one games? play. No, I'll watch all the New Year's Six, BYU's, and probably okay. two or three others. You're going to watch at least one play of more than 20 and a yes. half college football bowl games. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love college football. I love the bowl games, but it's the holiday season. You I got, know. And my daughter you got, just. You got kids now, man. I have a kid. My daughter wants to watch every game. It's crazy. She's like, Dad, Dad, bowl games. I love them. I'm like, okay, I have to watch them then. I'm going to say less because my almost four year old will not allow it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he demands too much attention. Well, it looks like we know who runs the household. Yeah, Jax. Jax he does. Flax and Jax, Jax does. Number three. BYU will have more or less than two picks in today's MLB draft. I'm going to go first on this one. I say more because there are 40 rounds, people. <laughs> Update there. No BYU Cougars <laughs> taken yet. 40 rounds. 14th round underway. Colton Mahoney's going to get drafted somewhere between rounds 15 and 20, I would imagine. And he will probably leave, like Mike Littlewood told us. 15's coming up, man. I think Michael Rucker's going to go super late, mm. you know, high 30s. Pitcher. Dylan Robinson, the same. And I think Kyle Dean, he told us yesterday that teams, at that point, you have expendable picks. They, they just want to be like, hey, you're on our radar. Yeah. You're on our radar. We're taking you in the 40th round because we want you to know that we're watching you. So I think that BYU will have at least three players drafted. 40th round is like liking one picture on someone's Facebook page. It's not very much, but it's something, right? <laughs> I'll go I'll go less. Really? Yeah. I hope for more. I'll, One? I'll go less. One. Yeah. Wow, okay. All right. I'm picking what I think is going to happen, not what I want. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I see I think that there will be at least two, at least. Also, I think two. it's boring when we have the same opinion. Yeah, okay. Do we ever have the same opinion? Quite often. Okay. Both. Number four. Why you apologize? More or less than 1.5 more wins by Matthew Della Vadova and the Cavs in the NBA Finals. Listen, this has been cute and fun. Okay, <laughs> it's been it's been really cute to watch Matthew Della Vadova and his mouthpiece Aww. steal the hearts of Cleveland. I can't imagine a more insufferable fan base than the Cleveland fan base if they win the NBA Finals. Okay. So, for the sanity of the rest of America, I'm going to say less. They will win one more game. Golden State will win this series in seven games and save all of sports humanity in America from the fan base in Cleveland. Amen. I agree with all those things. I think the Warriors are still going to win the series. Yet, it's awesome to watch what LeBron's doing. I've kind of t- I was going for the Warriors in the series. 
I think I'm going for the Cavs now because LeBron is having a, the greatest series of all time. It's awesome to watch it happen, but I just don't see the Golden State Warriors losing two more games to Cleveland. They're going to figure things out. How is Cleveland doing this, by I, the way? Great question. They have a bunch of nobodies Matthew around LeBron. Delavan, who? What in the world? Delhi, Delhi. Why Dele. would you chant that on this program? Because it's. A Are joke. we going to show the buzzer beater now it's too? A joke. It's a joke. The whip is next. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Soccer. Los Cougars earned their fourth consecutive draw last night against the Las Vegas Mobsters with a final score of 2-2. Two to two. Mobsters, I get it. Yep. The Cougars take a day off today before hosting Albuquerque Seoul FC Thursday. Track and field. The NCAA Nationals start today in Eugene, Oregon. Nine individual Cougars on the men's side will compete as well as the record-smashing 4x400 relay team and three women. Nationals continue through Saturday. Women's Volleyball. Sean Olmstead's latest recruiting class earned a number 19 national ranking according to PrepVolleyball.com, including two of the top 100 in the country. They only get better. Baseball. The Major League Baseball draft continuing today, rounds 11 through 40. Still no Cougars drafted into the now 15th round. Football. The dates for BYU's two potential bowl games have been announced. The Las Vegas Bowl is on December 19th against a Pac-12 opponent on ABC. And the Hawaii Bowl will be played on Christmas Eve versus a team from the American. I tell you what, my wife is hoping for not the Hawaii Bowl. (laughs) It'll ruin Christmas. What do you mean? It's Hawaii. Let's all go, man. Yeah, everybody. Everybody to Hawaii. Let's go. Future guests. How about Margin Hooks? One of the great BYU receivers all time will join the show on Thursday. And he's been key in uh, getting BYU some guys. Keeley Davis, one of those. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? I'll go Phil Steele because he ranked my mustache in the top ten, which okay. is atrocious uh, <laughs> evaluation, but I appreciate the it's nod. just a gross overestimation. <laughs> no, he had some great stuff to say. He, he said, that if you missed it, download the show podcast on iTunes. He said that eight wins is probably the mark for a good season for BYU. So we're on the same page that way. Great minds think alike. And then <laughs> ten wins would put BYU national... Uh, nationally relevant. I feel the same way. Hey, pat yourself on the back a little bit more, whether it be about that mustache. Or I do every arch. day, bro. <laughs> What's the most winnable game on BYU's September schedule and why? Tweet of the day from at Together We Reach, Nebraska. He agrees with me. Patting myself on the back. Tweet of the day. That's a new thing. Running a new system, new coach. Bronco has Mike Riley's number, plus we need to beat someone wearing red. Thanks to Mike Littlewood, Phil Steele, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Bryce Harper. That's right.